to a pick and roll to Thompson with a lay and counted and a foul. What do you know? Pick and roll, and it works for two. And Anna Carrico across the timeline. And a head full of steam to the rack with a right hand layup, and it's good. On a fourth down and three. Out of the pistol. He's going to throw it. Drops back. Back to the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! Eastern Michigan! The year might have changed, but the goodness of the Eastern Insider podcast, still all that you could entail. I'm Greg Steiner. I'm Kyler Ludlow. Happy to have you around for year the new year as we get you set for the week that is around Eastern Michigan Athletics. A extended layoff, Kyler. Hope you enjoyed your break. I know we all passed the sickness around, so it's a good, healthy New Year as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to be back and good to be feeling better. Everybody in my household's 100% healthy now, so it's fun to be kicking off 2019 healthy and ready to go in action. You're on your way to head to Muncie as the men's basketball team will battle Ball State, a very talented Ball State club. And then we've got women's basketball coming up on Wednesday against a team that, well, they only went to the Sweet 16 a year ago, and that's the <laughs> Buffalo Bulls coming to town to take on Fred Castro's team. We'll hear plenty of basketball-related things, but Maction underway. It just feels like yesterday we started the season, and now we're already halfway through it. Yeah, it really does seem like just yesterday, and the weekend started with Mac play, and uh, men's basketball came out on the short end against Buffalo, but... It's just the second time we've hosted a top 25 team here in the Convocation Center with Buffalo at number 20, and they kind of showed the reason why. It'll be fun to see the team come back out now, face a team in Ball State that is very similar to last year's team, just like this Eastern Michigan team, similar to last year's team, and they both split. And Eastern hasn't won in Muncie in four years, so they try to get on the winning track in that sense and look like they did last year at home when they held Ball State to 41 points and beat them by 15. Taylor Parsons, a guy on that squad where you love when he's on your team, when you're opposition, you're not so fond of him being on their team. He'll be one guy to watch for tomorrow to make sure he doesn't get under too many people's skin. Yeah, and he's one of the guys, this is only my second basketball season at Eastern, and I feel like he's been here for forever, um, and finally he is a senior, so he'll be gone soon. But uh, James Thompson has had three straight double-doubles, uh, including two very good opponents in Buffalo and Kansas in those time frames. So excited to see JT4 kind of kicking things up. He needs to average almost 11 rebounds a game over the course of the next 17 games in order to break Kennedy McIntosh's all-time record of 1,426 rebounds. So... Uh, that's something we know James is certainly capable of doing, and that'll be what to watch for on Eastern side. And then on Wednesday, it's Buffalo for Fred Castro's team. The first 100 students through the door at the Convocation Center, they'll take home some Chick-fil-A uh, to enjoy the game. But plenty of freshmen getting it done for Eastern Michigan's Fred Castro. Jenna Anacarico once again leading the charge, Natalia Pineda. And then we hear from the other freshman that's been kind of unheralded, and that's Kira Johnson, who has that tie back to Buffalo as she's from there. So she's got a little extra chip on her shoulder. Yeah, it'll be fun to get to hear from Kiara later in the show, KJ, as she's more widely known uh, for everyone, basically. But she, like you said, is from Buffalo, New York, so we get to talk to her about that and many other things as the freshman post player had a pretty good game against Kent State and has had good games in the non-conference season, so it was it was fun to talk to her. And then we've still got uh, some sports we add into the mix 
none other than indoor track and field get going this weekend. Men's and women's there at the Wolverine Invitational just down the road in Ann Arbor. And then we have gymnastics, Katie Minnesota and her team getting their season started at the Pit Quad out in Pittsburgh, PA. And then who could, of course, forget after a lengthy break, swimming and diving back in action. They'll host Wayne State Saturday at 1 p.m. at Jones Natatorium. They've been down in Florida training, so they've had some nice weather. But looking forward to be back inside Jones for them on Saturday, which will be a stacked Saturday as well. Uh, you got swimming at home. You've got gymnastics and track on the road. Then you've got doubleheader basketball. Yeah, and another Maxim weekend. And this time with the Game of Thrones beer tasting night, we've gotten a glimpse of the beer steins that are going to be given out for that. And they are cool. They are really awesome. Uh, and that doubleheader starts at noon with the guys playing first against Kent State, who is one of the preseason, uh, not favorites of the Mac East, but they were right at the top of the Mac East. That game starts at noon. And then the women's game will follow roughly 2.30 uh, against Western Michigan. So Western Division matchup against the Broncos. Well, and those are both unique battles. One for the aspect Kent State loses at home to open their MAC play against Bowling Green convincingly. And then Western Michigan knocks off Bowling Green on their side to open MAC play against a really talented rebuilding Bowling Green club. But Shane Klipfel, always good for when he's back in town. Uh, So lots of good stuff there. And then we also have to say goodbye. It's the final day for Dr. Mike Pesoric, Eastern's longtime faculty athletic compliance associate. He hangs it up today, officially his last day as Eastern Michigan employee. So we sat down with Dr. P to get his thoughts on how kind of Eastern's changed and really what led him to be here at EMU, kind of everybody's grandfather type mm-hmm. around the department. So uh, uh, congratulations and great retirement ahead for Dr. Pesoric. We'll hear from him. Yeah, Dr. P is awesome, and I make sure I let him know I appreciate everything, whether it's through email. Sometimes he just texts me to you know, make sure everything's going all right, and uh, he'll be someone that's dearly missed. He's a great leader, uh, and even though he's over on campus and uh, we don't see him all that often, he does pay us a visit from time to time, and hopefully that won't change, even though he's retired now that he'll still pop by and we'll still see him from time to time too well and you've only got what 28 more years to catch him right <laughs> yeah and you like what two months to catch? no i'm just yeah, kidding <laughs> not quite getting there still got 15 to go <laughs> yeah so it, it was great to hear from him and uh really get to hear those changes of you know and his thoughts on how things have been as somebody who's been here as long as he has so it's fun stick around we have your entire show Upcoming, we'll hear from Fred Castro next as your Eastern Insider podcast on Monday, January 7th. Looking for a ride? Trinity Transportation has the vehicle for you. From luxurious motor coaches to cozy sedans, Trinity Transportation is prepared to take you to your destination. Check out their fleet of vehicles at trinitytransportation.com or call 877-284-4200 to book today. That's trinitytransportation.com or 877-284-4200. Trinity Transportation, the official transportation provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics. And welcome once again inside the Coach's Corner of the Eastern Insider Podcast. I'm Kyler Ludlow. I'm joined with head women's basketball coach Fred Castro. Coach, the non-conference season is over with. By the time fans hear this, we'll have a conference game under the belt. But your non-conference schedule, we finished with seven wins. Your most uh, since you started here. What did you learn about your team? Yeah, I think we learned quite a bit. Uh, I think that when we are really, really locked in, focused, um, and we're knocking down some shots, we can play with a lot of teams. 
Uh, and then our defense is really where we're going to kind of, is going to be our bread and butter. Uh, we're going to have to continue to develop our offense and knock down shots, uh, especially as conference play gets here, uh, to beat teams on a, on a nightly basis. Well, one of the things that really hampered your team right out of the get-go is injuries. Uh, a couple of key ones even before the season started, but then very early in the year. How did you navigate that? Yes, yeah, it's, it's, you know, for me it was really heart-wrenching because both of them were starters. Both of those young ladies and Ray and Juanita had worked extremely hard this offseason uh, on their games, and they had been playing, really coming along very nicely. But give, give our, the rest of our team a lot of credit. People have stepped up. Obviously, there's, there's more minutes, a little bit less depth, which kind of hampered the way that we wanted to play originally. Uh, and we've had to make some uh, adjustments in terms of how much pressure we put full court and things of that nature. But I think as of late, we've really found a nice balance where we can continue to make people uncomfortable uh, and still be realistic in terms of our expectations and demands of our players. Well, one of the things you could clearly see was the expectation for your own program with the way you scheduled in this non-conference, having a good tournament down in Florida. But then some of the ones that stand out to a lot of people are the game at Illinois and that neutral site game in Canada against a really good program in Iowa State. Yeah, it's part of us preparing for conference play. You look at some of the teams in our league uh, that are knocking top 25 teams off in the country, not mid-major top 25. <laughs> I mean just top 25 teams. And that's not something that's just happened this year. Last year, the year before, that's what this conference does. So if you want to compete for a championship in this conference, you got to go play some big boys and really prepare yourself and really give yourself an opportunity to prove yourself and expose yourself a little bit so that you are truly prepared for conference play. And I feel confident that we did that. Well, the Iowa State was an interesting environment because it was played in a in kind of a local YMCA almost, but it was packed to the brim. Uh, and then you go to Illinois and end up going to overtime. What did you learn from your team and those two in the way that they reacted to those different environments? Sure. The Iowa State uh, environment was unique, uh, one that I've never really been part of because it was basically a home game for Iowa State in Canada. <laughs> And uh, it felt very much so like that. Um, and I thought our players played really hard. I thought we had a, a really bad quarter, essentially. Uh, but other than that, I really liked what, what I saw from the team. Um, we are young. We, we still are playing a lot of freshmen and sophomores. So uh, it wasn't a, an easy experience for those guys. But I thought they handled it and rose to the challenge. And I thought that experience allowed us to go to Illinois and give ourselves every opportunity to win. Um, obviously going into overtime, handling the, the road environment, another, uh, another BCS opponent, uh, we gave ourselves every chance and you know, a couple uh, free throws here, loose balls there, uh, we come out with an unbelievable road win. But nonetheless, I thought we, we learned a great deal uh, about our team and about individuals in particular. So was, that's why you schedule those games, and I think we, um, the benefit from it, it'll really show now in conference play. Well, some of those young players that we got to see quite a bit of development from came from the post. Mm -hmm. uh, when you lose your starting center uh, before the season even begins, uh, you knew you would be counting on the three of them really to filter in and do a, a 
job maybe beyond what they were originally expecting to, but talk about how they've developed just from the beginning of this year. Yeah, they've they've worked really hard, and, and it was something that they had been doing, you know, even prior to the injury. Uh, so it was a group that I was um, I was really excited about going into the year um, and really intriguing to see how quickly they would continue to develop. Uh, Coach Call has done a great job with them, but give the post players a lot of credit. They've come in early, stayed late, really answered the challenge that we've put upon them to really make a difference. Lorraine, a senior, did a great job this offseason getting her body right, getting her thought process and mentality right uh, in terms of approaching her senior year, and it's shown uh, with some monster games. I think there was a game where she had 17 rebounds. That doesn't just happen. You know, that's uh, that takes some grit, some effort, and uh, some technique. And, and give her credit. Uh, as of late, Autumn has been playing really, really well. Uh, and we will need both of those guys to continue to play at a high level. And then KJ, you know, what's interesting about her is she's probably offensively the one that's most comfortable. She's still learning a great deal on the defensive end. And she gets better every practice. So uh, those guys have a great rapport with each other. And I think they challenge each other a great deal in practice. Uh, so I'm pretty excited about what this conference uh, holds for those guys and really down the line how they'll continue to improve and be impact players for us. Now let's take a little bit of time to talk about the conference as Maction starts on Saturday for your team mm-hmm. I mean, at Kent State. Uh, but then right away, you know, Buffalo's coming to town too. Like there's there's some big big games almost right away, and you play two games against the Central Michigan team that just knocked off number 24 Miami it's a tough conference as always but just speak to the toughness that your team has to have going into it yeah I mean I think the RPI rankings came out yesterday we're number eight in the country that's uh, because we have some really good coaches in this league we have some really good players and and I think what's interesting about it is every game is a big game Mm -hmm. Kent State is a really good team They've gone and played at North Carolina, at NC State. Last year they played at Baylor. They're very well coached. They're going to be tough. They're going to be well prepared. Uh, And that's just game one. So every game is going to be – I don't even – I'm not even thinking about Buffalo right now. (laughs) Kent State is the only thought process for us. Uh, And I think we've had a good week of preparation, and I feel confident that we'll go in there and give ourselves every opportunity uh, to come out with a great road win. Um, but it's every single game. Um, so that's what makes conference play so intriguing. And, and the thing is, if you win in this league and you win on the road, it really says something. You are really accomplishing something. Uh, and then you have to protect home court. And that's something that I've really been excited about, about non-conference plays. We played well at home. Uh, we did a good job. Um, and you know, going undefeated non-conference play, and and that's something that in conference uh, you have to protect home court. It's it's absolutely critical. And then you gotta go and give yourselves a real chance on the road. Well, now the last thing to talk about, even though we want to take it one game at a time, what's your expectation going into Mac play? Right now, it's just with such a young group, is to continue to get better every day, every game, every opportunity. Um, and to me, that's probably the most exciting part is 
we're by no means a finished product. I think every team is different. Uh, Central Michigan is senior laden. So it depends where you are. With our youth, we have to continue to improve. We have to continue to learn how to win and win on the road and conference play. And those are things that you really can't simulate in practice. So the experience for us, I think, is critical. I think you look at someone like Yanni, who is a redshirt sophomore, and you see her development, Mm -hmm. a lot of that is coming from the experience that she gained last year. She she played a lot Mm -hmm. last year, and I think now that's really playing dividends. She had a monster game the other night against Iowa State. She was phenomenal, Mm -hmm. and I think she's really starting to uh, feel comfortable in her in her role, and that bodes well for us. Well, Coach, that's all we have time for. I know you're a busy man. Got to hit the road. We appreciate your time, and best of luck as Mac plays getting started. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks, Coach. That's the Eastern Insider Podcast. We will be right back with some more. Do you want to eat something better than ramen? Come to Candy Cane Wireless your local Boost Mobile dealer, and get all the data and hotspot you need to feed your brain while having money left over to eat more than noodles. Boost Mobile by Candy Can Wireless, located at 3033 Packard Street in Ann Arbor. Joined now by Mike Pesoric on his final day here at Eastern Michigan Athletics here on the Eastern Insider Podcast. Dr. P, congratulations first off on retirement, but uh, let's first talk in about the, the changes you've seen throughout your career. You started at Eastern on the, uh, the teaching side of, in the College of Health and Human Services, and now you finish up in the athletic department. What a ride it's been. It's been, a, it's been certainly a long and adventurous ride. I was fortunate to have two separate careers here at Eastern Michigan. One is a, as a faculty member, a professor for close to 25 years, and then my last 13 years have been in uh, athletic compliance. So uh, two careers at one place couldn't be any better. People see the name, faculty compliance associate, and not everybody quite knows what it means, but in a roundabout way, you were a jack of all trades in a, in a little bit in the compliance world. Well, uh, the name came about uh, 13 years ago when interim president Don Lopnow was looking to beef up our compliance operation. We were a one-person show at that time with Dr. Melody Rifle Werner, and Dr. Lopnow thought that maybe uh, a faculty member would want uh, 50% release time or 100% maybe get a couple faculty or maybe one faculty member for 100%. And I was just in the right place at the right time, thought that was the right time to try a, a new adventure, and I was accepted into that position. But the problem was they didn't know what to, to call me. And so uh, Melody Werner was the one that came up with the name Faculty Compliance Associate. A lot of times people think I'm the faculty athletics representative, but that is it's just uh, not, not the case. It's just uh, basically it's a uh, compliance, uh, assistant compliance director. The rule book has not gotten any smaller over the years. It's only gotten bigger. How much of a challenge is it? in these day and ages to, to know what you can and can't do in the world of, of athletics? Yeah, well, the, uh, the manual is only the small tip of the iceberg with that. You can go in and they have the, the specific bylaws and so forth, but then there's a, another database that we like to call the secret rules, and it's online. It's an interpretation of every single bylaw. Um, it's uh, education columns. It's interpretations. And so sometimes when you read the bylaw, it may not be the whole story. You have to go in and actually dig deeper to, to see really what is, what is behind, what is the intent of that particular bylaw, what are the exceptions to that particular bylaw. So it certainly is a challenge, and uh, 
uh, it really makes every day a, a new adventure and every, and every year a new adventure. You don't really get this, the same thing every day. You never know what you're going to experience once you get into the office. Everybody just kind of assumes that you've always been EMU green through and through, but we know you started at St. Bonaventure, started your career playing baseball and some ice hockey. What was it like to, to start out at, at St. Bonaventure? Then you, you continue on your path, George Washington and Vanderbilt. Yeah, well, compliance was sure different when I was at St. Bonaventure. I didn't even know there was such a word at that time, and I'm sure the the rules were were quite lax back then. Uh, I was a I was a pitcher at St. Bonaventure, and uh, it wasn't unusual after pitching a good game or having a good performance to get an extra twenty or twenty five dollar meal money handed to you by the by the coach uh, uh. at that time. So uh, that uh, is no longer permitted. Again, it, it, it has changed quite a bit, and uh, even since my time in compliance 13 years ago, I have seen uh, uh, the, the emphasis on compliance be uh, much more. Uh, really, nothing happens in the athletic department without going through compliance because the risks are, are too high right now, so everybody really needs to be in, in step and, and make sure that they are following the rules all the way throughout. When you started your career back at EMU those decades ago, did you ever think that this would be the place that you'd end up retiring all these years later? Absolutely not. Never. In fact, when I came to Eastern in 1981, my plan was to stay here three to five years. Uh, I originally grew up on the East Coast, and so my wife and I were looking to get back there after starting our career here. But uh, one thing led to another. We met great people and got involved in our careers. And all of a sudden, it's uh, 37 years later, and we never look back. What, what's kind of your fondest memory that you'll, you'll always remember about EMU? Of course, there's, there's never one instance in, in that long period of time, but my, my fondest memories will always be, one, working with the students, um, watching them grow and succeed, um, and now uh, following them in, on social media and seeing how successful they've been in their careers, the awards that they've received, uh, watching them have children and their families are, are growing, and then also uh, working with colleagues, especially the, the ones I had here in athletics, which just has been uh, just tremendous and uh, just keeps me going each and every day. You look at it, you've got so many things that you enjoy doing outside the workplace, but what, is, uh, what does the future hold for you? I mean, we know you enjoy traveling, you and your wife, and we also know you, you enjoy spending time with your grandkids as well. What, what's the future looking like? You just mentioned it right there, I think, at least for the short term. Uh, a lot of travels in the plans. Uh, I've got a big trip to, to New Zealand scheduled and uh, hope to uh, head it out to, to Iowa to see my, my two grandkids for about two weeks. And uh, my oldest son is expecting their first uh, in New Jersey on Valentine's Day, so uh, definitely seeing them as well. And then uh, beyond that, uh, looking to get involved in a number of volunteer organizations and uh, staying active and, and putting my skills to use. I know you've always been a big person of telling student-athletes kind of how and what to expect in life, that you've always tried to lay in part your wisdom. But if uh, you're now on your final day, thoughts and wisdom for anyone, really, that uh, if there's student athletes that are still in their career, or somebody like me who still has 15 plus years before he gets to retire, well, what's your message to, to people like us? Yeah, there, there are just so many things I could say with that. Um, two things that, that come to mind one is 
always treat people with respect and, and be honest with them, and they will respond to you accordingly. I think that that's uh, very important. And secondly, uh, I would say never stop learning. You know, what I've learned over the years is that the, the more information I have and the more that I learn, the more I realize how little I, I actually know. And, uh, and, and I think once you stop learning, you, you stop living. So continue to do that. Dr. P, we appreciate your time. We know that uh, you've done so many great things for this university, leading the way in the, the charge for the faculty, staff, campaign contributions on campus. Uh, we hope everybody, of course, gives back to Eastern in, in the great ways you have. And I cannot thank you for the, the 13 years of friendship that you and I have had in your time here in the athletic department. Well, thanks, Greg. And if I could just say, uh, leave you with a, with a quote that uh, my wife sent to me today, uh, I'm going to attribute this quote to Winnie the Pooh. And Winnie the Pooh says, how lucky I am to have something that makes saying goodbye so hard. I think it's great. Just leave it at that. Congratulations on retirement, and you'll certainly be missed. Thanks, Greg. More on the Eastern Insider podcast as we roll on from the Convocation Center after this. With the Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan mobile app, you can manage your health care coverage anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Download it now from the Apple Store or Google Play. Welcome to the Eastern Insider Podcast. I'm Kyler Ludlow. I've got the chance to sit down with women's basketball player Kiara Johnson. KJ, as she's better known around our office and pretty much everywhere. Uh, KJ, you're originally from Buffalo this week, a big game Wednesday night for the women's basketball team taking on Buffalo. Are you excited about playing your hometown team? Yes, I'm very excited, especially seeing some of my old teammates and people I just know and seeing my family come out and just play against my hometown. Yeah, absolutely. And you went to high school with one of the players, Summer Hemphill, who was your teammate for a couple of years. What's it going to be like having to play against her? It's going to be exciting, especially since she was older than me. So I always looked up to her, but now I'm not looking up to her because I'm going to play against her, so I'm going to play my hardest. And when you're playing this team from your hometown, are you going to have family here? Yes, all my family are coming here. They're staying long. They're supporting me, but at the same time, they're looking at them. But <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm playing against them. So. Well, and how many people roughly are going to be here? Over five. Oh, wow, nice. And they're staying until Saturday's game against Western, too. Yes, they're planning on coming up as many games as they can, especially since Buffalo's coming here. When we go to Buffalo, they'll do the same. Wonderful. Uh, so as you've now finished non-conference play, you've played one game in the Mid-American Conference playing at Kent State. You had five points, six rebounds. It was one of your better games uh, in a while. How did the non-conference season really prepare you to get into Maction? The non-conference really showed me like I have to be stronger and like be hungry for it because like we played against a lot of hard teams. I would say like Illinois and like Iowa. So that showed me like these teams are pushing us, and if I'm not doing good or if I'm doing good with this, I can do good against in conference and get better and learn from my mistakes. Well, and one of the things Coach Castro pointed out was that your offense has been there basically from the beginning. The defense has really come along. What has it been like trying to adjust that defensive part of your game since you've been here? It's been hard, especially since, like, in college, a lot of girls are trained to go into you. And, like, I'm a five, and we usually don't take charges, but – I just listen to Low and Autumn. They're like straight up, and I do what I'm told. I'm coachable, they say. So I'm just trying to keep that up for the rest of my years here and right now, especially. 
Well, and speaking of Lorraine and Autumn, they're two of your fellow post players, and you guys kind of run a rotation in who has the hot hand. So with a sophomore in Autumn and a senior in Lowe, what have you been able to learn from them? I've been able to learn from them mostly mentally to get through it, and i got to be stronger because these college girls, they're not here to play with you. They're going to hit you, and they're going to hit you hard and let you know they're here. So they just tell me to go up strong, and they're always there for me, no matter what, both of them, a sophomore and a fifth-year senior. So I'm grateful for that. Well, and this is your first year here at Eastern Michigan. Adam Call has moved to working with the post players for the first time. What have you learned from Coach Adam? Coach Adam is always on me. Like, I wasn't expecting when I first got here, like, oh, my gosh, she's coming from being a guard to post. But I'm like, it's no different. Like, he's on me. He's teaching me. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do exactly what you say. And when I do what he says, it's good results, and he's loving it. So that's what we got to keep doing as a post group. Well, KJ, thanks for stopping up and taking some time with us, and good luck this week and the rest of the year, but especially against Buffalo. Thank you. And that's it for KJ, Kiara Johnson on the Eastern Insider Podcast. We'll be right back with more. Thank you for listening to the Eastern Insider Podcast. You can find the Eastern Insider on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and, of course, emueagles.com. Please leave us a rating and let us know how we're doing. Until next week, go Eagles.